BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This show is brought to you by Miami Grill for over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities, featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive through dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. While we're in the middle of this booming real estate market of South Florida, you may be looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one. You can make sure that you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and close for the low price of $295. Reach out to our good friend Seltzer Mayberg. Give them a call at 305-444-1565 and mention 5 Reason Sports in order to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So go ahead and purchase or refinance that house knowing that you'll have an attorney reviewing and handling your closing for $295 when you mention 5 Reason Sports. You can also visit their website at onecalllegal.com where they'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs, whether it's a divorce or a car accident or slip and fall. Everything is in-house, and they're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for. That is 305-444-1565, Seltzer Mayberg. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T. EVR.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is here. And of course, his draft guide is now available for download. We had a lot of complaints, Simon. That I mean, they were trying to... a lot of complaint, a lot of complaints that we advertised it and it wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of people were trying to get in there, including me, by the way. And I was about to start complaining, but you know, I have a direct line to the author, <laughs> and I have it in hand and the draft guide as well, and it's spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, it's uh, it's very well laid out. I love the layout. It's a great. It, well, you see it. Guys, just go download it, Gridiron Magazine. You, I'm going to provide the link every single day until draft day, so you can get it there. It actually cost me it's, four dollars and thirty one cents. 
yeah. Oh, 31 cents. Ooh. Wow. Yes, yes. Inflation, inflation is up. killing us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so go get it. I'll provide the links every single day. You can't miss it. And if not, just go to Gridiron Magazine. I'm pretty sure they'll be advertising as well. Looks Follow nice. Though, the, the, the way it's laid out. The yeah, the, uh, the, yeah the, the graphics work and yeah. artwork and everything is, is really nice. Guys have done it nice. Yeah, yeah it, it's they, a great they job. They did you right. And of course, we are also brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing. Go get it. Publix, Instacart, Total Wine, and Manscaped. 5RSN, 20% off your next order. Use 5RSN. All right. We've come to the end of these draft guides. And we've come to linebackers. And it's interesting that we're going to do this one last, Simon, because I had I don't know, I wouldn't call it an epiphany because I've thought this for a while. Maybe Flores gets his way. There's a lot of nice players in this draft that you can take at 18. There's a few at linebacker. I guess we'll start there. Who do you think is most likely at 18? One of the sexy picks like a Najee Harris or maybe even in a trade down, somehow they get there. I don't know. Maybe Waddle somehow makes his way to 18, which I doubt. A sexy nope. pick at 18 or something <laughs> as simple as Zaven Collins at 18? What is more likely? I think I think the latter there. I think Collins makes such a huge amount of sense. Um, I mean, we were having the conversation on WhatsApp earlier on. For me personally, I think if Quitty Pay is on the board, which he's unlikely to be, but if he is, I think the Dolphins would make him the pick. But, you know, Zaven Collins, sometimes, you know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it walks yes. like a duck, then it's a duck. And, you know, we've talked about this for months and months that Zaven Collins is an absolute Brian Flores archetype. You know, work mm-hmm. ethic, second to none, will not be outworked. You know, he's up to 270 pounds. So he's in the Levon Kirkland kind of range yeah. at the moment he's a big fast strong powerful jaw-droppingly physical human being um so he, you know and and what i find interesting about him is you watch his game and you think well he's Carl Van Noy on the strong side he rushes the quarterback from that off-ball mm-hmm. position and then you watch him and you think oh maybe is he Jamie Collins who plays off-ball on regular mm-hmm. downs and then is unleashed after the quarterback on passing downs and you know Van Noy played under Flores, Collins played under Flores. And you just think, I don't know, you know, it just, it fits so well. Um, I, I would not be surprised to see Zayvon Collins be the pick at um, at 18 because he's just, and I think you can probably get one of the three backs or you can probably move up into the, you know, they've got that extra third round pick from the, from the 49ers. If they still come out of day one of the draft, still having that extra first rounder, having moved down and then moved back up again. And they get rid of the third so they can move up and get, you know, Harris, Etienne or Williams just to be sure. Plus you get the fifth year if you can get yeah. them in the first round. I, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, who's, you know, you come out of this draft day one with Carl Pitts, with Zayvon Collins at 18 and one of the three backs that you've traded up to and you've given up a third round pick. I mean, come on. That's pretty, that, that's pretty special. Yeah, I would say so. Chris, any concern, and I guess you could talk on Zayvon Collins, you've been on him for a long time, but any concern that he showed up at that medical combine weighing 270 pounds? I'd like to know why. Like, I'd know, like to know what, what kind of weight it is, you know? Because, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a little high for, for what he is. Um, you wouldn't really expect that. So feels like it's muscle weight though, doesn't it? Because no games, I, right. I bet they're not doing nearly as much cardio as normal. So I think it's probably mm-hmm. just pounding the the gym, the weights. It feels like it's muscle weight rather than anything. But even so, you're not going to have them play at that. No, hundred percent. Right? So, um, so I mean, you, you got to know, you got to at least find out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I not not too much concern. I mean, I don't think I, I've never heard his uh, work ethic questioned or anything like that. Um, it's not like he went out there and, and flunked his pro day or anything like that. He did well at his pro day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's uh, a, a make a strong pick for Miami. Uh, part of me wonders, you know, now that they have Bernardrick McKinney, um, if, if they'll, uh, they'll make the, um, they'll make it a priority because uh, just because, you know, I, I think that I've always kind of compared him to Bernardrick McKinney. Um 
he reminds me a lot of him coming out. Um, so I kind of wonder if uh, if that might be considered a little redundant. But um, but then again, in Brian Flores' defense, the New England defense, uh, that sort of redundancy with uh, two of the linebackers is um, is what they want. You know, um, they they like the interchangeability of their Mac and their Mac and Buck uh, linebackers. So um, so I think that. You know, it could work, uh, definitely. Um, Jerome Baker isn't going anywhere, though, and he's he gets a lot of snaps. And I think they're, they might even try and expand his role. Um, but Alandon Roberts is injured. Uh, he's back, but he's injured. I think they got him back just because he's he's probably cheap, right, because, because he's so hurt. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I just – I'm not sure if he's going to be there, to be honest. I'm not yeah. sure if Zayvon Collins is going to be. I was doing, working through the mock draft a little bit and um and i do think uh it's possible that uh we see him we see him go somewhere else like uh like arizona or somewhere yeah. so and arizona does make sense they're they're so old on the edge uh, and, yeah and they got older by going to get jj watt right. now uh simon we spoke about uh when we talked about edge rushers we talked about joseph aside let's let's just throw him in here for a second mm-hmm. He's kind of a fit. Like the more I look at him, he's he's right there with Zayvon Collins as far as a fit for what the Dolphins can use. Hundred mm, percent. I mean, he's just a really good football player, um, and he's versatile. You know, he's already played at a high level as an uh, as an off ball linebacker, and then obviously played the edge. And he's you know that versatility is key to what the Dolphins want to do. So I, I think to some teams he will be a pure edge. To others, he'll be a that versatile chess piece, and and I think we fall into that latter category. All right, Chris, you didn't get to talk about him because uh, you were moving, but we we spoke at length uh, about all the edge players, and we're big fans of Joseph Osai over here. Your thoughts on him, mm-hmm. and at eighteen, you know, possibly? Uh, no, I, I don't think he he'll be in play for eighteen. Um, I, I don't think the that the NFL. I don't get the the sense the NFL are rating him uh, that high. Um. I've, you know, Joseph Osai uh, looks good at times, but whenever I uh, really try and dig into him and and watch full games and and just keep going with him, uh, I usually struggle a little bit more than anything to to try and you know see, to try and see more than just um, than just a pretty good player, you know. Um, and and that's that's the challenge with him is I'm not. I'm not sure if he's more that he is right up their alley as far as how he plays like he's that's that's what they want. Um, I'm just not sure that I really see, you know, more than just, you know, a, a pretty good guy, a pretty good player. Um, so I don't think that he'd, he'd be in play at 18. I think that at 18, we're probably going to be looking. We probably are going to be looking where we're, we're barking up the right, right tree here. I think that, um, you know, there will be edge players and linebackers or, you know, Zayvon Collins available at 18. And that's probably what's going to be staring Miami in the face. Uh, you know, somebody we talked about Jalen Phillips um, or uh, Jason Owe, uh, as perhaps Aziz Ajalari, but I'm not sure if, uh, if he rates high enough. But, um, you know, and, and then Zayvon Collins, we'll see if, if he makes it or not, because I think he could <laughs> – could go higher. Yeah, uh, one thing I've noticed on on the the Pro Football Network, um, their mock draft, their their simulation, they've changed some of the things on there. And one of the things that they've changed on there is that you can get essentially they're buying into the the notion that these running backs are going to drop. So what they're also changing is that they're moving up Creed Humphrey into the first round. So if you have your thoughts of, you know, just filling every single hole, one, two, three, with the first three picks the Dolphins have, I don't know if that's possible anymore, especially not on those simulations. But one thing I do notice is exactly like you said, Dolphins at 18 can essentially call who they want as far as an edge player or maybe even a linebacker maybe Micah Parsons. So, Simon, I'm going to start here, and and I guess you could give us yours. Best in class, I got Zayvon Collins. We've, we've talked about it. That's the only guy I would take in the first round as far as a linebacker for Miami. I guess, you know, uh, of course, Micah Parsons. I do like 
Joseph Asai as a first rounder. I think he sneaks into the bottom of that, the end of that first round. But Simon, give me your best in class and who are contenders for the Miami Dolphins at 18. To me, Mika Parsons is Micah Parsons is the the best in class. I mean, you just look at him. I mean, I mean, he's a big physical athlete. He's got an incredible skill set. He's just rangy. He's quick. He can get to the quarterback. And to underline how athletic he is, he was going to return punts. Uh, he was going to return kicks for Penn State this season. That wasn't a joke. He was going to be the kick returner for Penn State this season. I mean, he ran a four three nine at his pro day. He squats 575 pounds. He is a monster. But there are off-field issues. You know, there's, there are some issues. There were some issues in high school. There were some fairly big issues that he um, got into at Penn State, a hazing issue and a harassment with some sexually suggestive stuff. There's some maturity mm-hmm. question marks. Um, so, you know, what's going to happen to him on draft day? Will he fall a little bit? Um, I think Collins is a first rounder. I mean, the player that we don't talk about because he doesn't fit as a linebacker because you've got Jerome Baker is Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa of Notre Dame, who yeah. I, I think is a fabulous player. Now, I will be interested to see whether the Dolphins, I think there will be teams that view him as a safety. Um, you know, somebody that can come down, run the alley, into the box. You know, he's 6'1, 220, like I said. He's kind of a Patrick Queen. He's incredibly athletic, instinctive, can cover. Um, I think he's a really good player. I just don't really think he fits. Um, a guy I like is Chaz Surratt, um, and his story is phenomenal. You know, he was the he was the parade high school All American quarterback, the number one recruit in the nation. Played a year and a quarter as North Carolina's starting quarterback, and has now become a you know a day two linebacker or early day three linebacker. He's incredibly aggressive. He's a sort of see ball run to ball linebacker. Very good in coverage. Real translatable skill set. Um, I like Surratt. And then Chris's guy, you know, Baron Browning of Ohio State, you know, really good player again, athletic, speedy, really covers well, sideline to sideline. He was a top 10 recruit, you know, um, but has only played one year. So he's just a one-year starter. So there's a lot to like about his game. But I suppose for me, the one nagging thing about Baron Browning is, as a senior as well, why did it take a five-star guy so long? to develop into a star, given all the traits that he has, or, you know, was he a victim of those he played behind? Was he a victim of his own versatility? You know, because when something happened in that linebacker core, it was often Browning who'd sacrifice his own talent to fill in, whether that was for tough Borland or for, you know, shifted to the wheel, you know, who knows what the reason was, but, um, you know, he's a really good player. And then two other guys, again, you know, do they fit? Jamin Davis of Kentucky, twitchy, rangy, inside-outside guy, smooth, lateral movement. And Jabril Cox, who was a little bit slow for the first two or three games, just picking up the pace when he got to LSU. But I thought down the stretch, he was arguably the best linebacker in the country. I mean, he's just, he's fast. He's he's a really good cover linebacker. He was, you know, way too good for North Dakota State. And, and after not very long, he clearly belonged at the very highest level in the SEC. So... You know, I think there's some, uh, and it wouldn't look. Davis wouldn't surprise me to see him go in the first round. Browning could squeak in at the end of the first round. Hmm. Awusu Koromo, I think, can go in the first round. Collins obviously will go in the first round. Parsons obviously, unless you know that off-field shit is really much worse than the, than what we know. So there's some good players, and the, the value there's going to be some value on day two and, and and day three, Chris. Don't you think? Yeah, I think the, I think that's right. Um... You know, Bear, you you mentioned Baron Browning. Uh, it's it's sort of uh, it's been a little difficult to kind of get a beat on where where he's going to end up going. Um, and now, you know, I've I, I see various uh, you know various draft uh, rankings putting him in the first round. Um, and it's sort of like, well, at that at that price, the story's out on him. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's uh, you know, he's not. He's not hidden anymore. Uh, the thing about Baron Browning, and this goes for the other Ohio State linebackers, is is the relationship that um, you know that Miami's coaches have with uh, Ohio State's coaches, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the linebackers unit. Um, you know, I've been told I've been told that Miami is very likely to walk away with one of those <laughs> one of those Ohio State linebackers. Um, and there's, there's a couple of them. Um, there's Pete Werner. Uh, there's also uh, Hilliard, um, Justin Hilliard, yeah. who played well at the Senior Bowl. Um, Jonathan Cooper as well, isn't there? Yeah, and yeah. didn't get a chance to – well, Jonathan Cooper's a defensive lineman. Yeah, but, but he um, get, 
he's he, they played him a little bit of linebacker in the senior bowl, which I thought was quite yeah. interesting. And then obviously um, Pete Werner as well. Right, and Werner, um, and there, and of course, tough Borland. Um, yeah. I think, I think you know, I, I would probably pencil one of those guys in. Would it be Baron Browning anymore? Um, well, they might. I don't think he's going to get to fifty now. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and now, now I kind of wonder about that. Uh, yeah. We know that they like Derek Brown, Derek Barnes. Yeah. Right. Um, and he's uh, he's an interesting player. You know, very athletic. Um, good uh good outside player uh you know versatile um so and as you say where is where is jamming davis gonna go like mm-hmm. i i all over the place is was what i'm what i'm seeing uh anywhere from like man he could be like almost the first linebacker off the board to you know he's third round or something like that i mean it's, it's mm-hmm. a very wide range and it's hard to get a beat on that um so i i think that I know that Miami liked Jabril Cox last year. Mm. I was told that, you know, I was told that um, from inside the building that they've got their, they've had their eyes on Jabril Cox for a while and he hasn't done anything to, um, to, you know, make that go away or to, to turn you off of him. He went to LSU, you know, came up to speed and as you say, played really, really well down the stretch and he's a really fast player. He's a big, He's a big time playmaker. And so you wonder if that carries, if Miami is looking at him, if he's available sometime in the second round, will they, um, will they just, just go with him? But it's a nice, it's a nice position. I think, uh, I think you outlined it. Um, And KJ Britt, I like him too as well. Uh, He's sort of a, you know, a bulldog Mike linebacker. Um, And, uh, and that's a, that would be a good player for Miami, you know, in the, in the mold of, in the mold of uh, Landon Roberts, who again, whose health is a little bit in um, in question. Now, Simon, in in day two, like let's say the Dolphins actually, you know, do go with the sexy picks in in the first round, and they address pass catcher, and they and they what seems like, and what everybody's beginning to agree with, meaning all the the talking heads on NFL Network and ESPN is that Najee Harris might be even a reach at 18, but let's say it happens. Let's say they trade down somewhere around there, and they have 36. We know that they can use a center, but looking at some of these players, is it, is it, would it be important to actually go get and replace the snaps that you lost with a Landon Roberts, even though you have Bernardrick McKinney? Do they really need another linebacker and, and – would you use a top 50 pick, which is what they have? They have four top 50 picks. Would you use a top 50 pick on a guy that, quite frankly, if it's not Zayvon Collins, I don't see where they get the snaps to warrant a top 50 pick. I wouldn't, personally. I think there's some day two and day three guys that I like, that I'm interested in. And it was interesting listening to Chris Guerrero today talking about part of the reason, and, and I'm, I'm not sure I believe him, but part of the reason they got rid of Carl Van Noy was that, you know, there's – young players knocking on the door that they wanted to give snaps to. Well, okay. You know, is that Vince Beagle and, and Van Ginkle? Potentially, but I, I don't think it's Sam Egwavan. I don't think it's Brennan Scarlett. You know, mm. Is it Duke Riley? I think it's unlikely. Is it Kylan Johnson? Again, don't think so. It's not Calvin Munson, let's be honest. And it's probably not Tasha and Render either. So who are these young guys? Now, you know, like if it's the first two, Beagle and Van Ginkle, okay. But... I think it's clear that they would like to bring in another player, but I don't necessarily think it will be, you know, there are players that we'll get to talk to in a minute or get to talk about in a minute on day two and day three, who I think fit the mold of what they're looking for. Um, and I don't necessarily think you have to spend a, 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 a top 50 pick on a, on a linebacker. All right. And I guess I'll, I'll, I'll feed you a couple and you can knock them down. I, I think I know where you're going to go with these two guys. I think both of them, our fits on this defense problem is that I think that they already have this guy in that they're paying him $11 million this year in Bernardrick McKinney. So they probably don't need a guy to take a lot of snaps at, at the mic, but Cameron McGrone from Michigan and Nick Bolton of Missouri, they both have that Atlanta Roberts look heat seeking missiles as a mic. They both have size. Your thoughts on both. Yeah, I mean, Bolton, I, I wasn't blown away when I watched him. Um, he was one of the first guys I watched last year. I thought he was a little undersized. I thought at times he looked a little stiff. 
He's a good tackler. He's intelligent, clearly. He, he, you know, he's got some explosion quickness. I think he's a box-slash-pursuit linebacker who can thump in the run game. He's sort of Devin Bush light, as I wrote in the mag. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a bit limited, but he's smart, and he's kind of early plug-and-play. I, I don't mind him. He left me a bit cold, I've got to say. I don't, you know, he didn't really flash to me in the four, three, four games I watched of him. McGrone, interesting, having taken over from Devin Bush um, and put together two years of pretty decent tape, albeit, what, 15 starts I think he had. Um, you know, he's always around the ball, he's physical, he's explosive. He's a really good processor, um, which is really important, obviously. Um, he kind of understands where he's supposed to be. Um, and I think he's a kind of under the radar. I like him. He's an under the radar kind of high upside guy who I think should be a starting middle linebacker. Uh, another former five-star guy, around a 443. Um, you know, I think he's a good player. All right, Chris, same question. Can you justify using a top 50 pick on a linebacker? Seeing that, unless it's of course Zayvon Collins, there there's not that many snaps for a guy. That if they use a top fifty pick, like how do you justify it? I don't, I don't, I don't know that I. So that might have been true had they not gotten rid of Kyle Van Noy. Um, before that, it would have been. Listen, you you could scrape together enough uh, snaps to justify a guy um, like Zayvon Collins if Kyle Van Noy was here and if um, still here and if uh, Jerome Baker was still here because it would take a Landon Roberts' snaps and there was also, you know, we had some other linebackers that we put on the field uh, between Kemu Gerger Hill and and um, Sam Aguaban, uh, you know, somebody that would con- consolidate those snaps. You can make that case when um, you could even make that case when Kyle Van Noy was here. Now that Kyle Van Noy is gone, uh, you know, you've got a large hole in the snap count in that unit. And, um, and you, I'm not sure that you filled it with Benardrick McKinney one on one for one because, um, because Alandon Roberts is injured. And so you've lost both Alandon Roberts and Kyle Van Noy. And so it's, it's a little bit in flux. And I think that uh, with that kind of, with that kind of missing, you know, hole, um, I do think there's, I, and I, I wonder if it's, how can you really count on Vince Beagle coming off that injury? You know, mm-hmm. Achilles is serious. Right. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, they would be, I don't think they're being, they're foolish enough to really to really count on him a lot. And so they probably do have somebody in mind. Um, I don't know if it's top 50 or not. Uh, it could be as high as Avon Collins, like we've talked about. Um, but certainly Baron Browning is, is right square in their sights. Um, and I think that uh, – you know, you, as I said before, could could be could even be somebody like Jabril Cox if he falls to the right right spot in the second round. Um, you know, I think no, I, I really think they're going to go for this. I think that Flores. I think this is a Flores thing. I think he wants to m- use this opportunity to start remaking. I mean, they got rid of Kyle Van Noy because he's old and sluggish, right? Mm. Um, well, how do you get not old and not sluggish? By getting in, by getting new blood and fresh legs in there, you know, um, the that as uh, Channing Crowder used to say, that young dumb energy, um, you know, I think that uh, I think that they want to get that in there, and I think that they're going to look to, you know, use this opportunity to do it. All right, Simon. Day two, I got two guys that I think could be BPAs at thirty six, and you almost have to take them. One of them could get to 50, and I've seen it in some some mocks where that's exactly where he's going. He's going in that 40 to 60 sweet spot. First guy is Baron Browning. I think at 36, he is pretty much a BPA, and I got him as a BPA at 36. I love the Senior Bowl. I loved everything about everything that he did at the Senior Bowl, from his drills to his communication with, with his teammates. And, you know, they put a lot on him, too. So I loved everything about him. Coming down the stretch, I understand that it took him a while. But, you know, the finished product, I think, is here. I think at 36, he's BPA. The other one is Chad Surratt, and I understand. Some people are going to say, oh, this is, you know, he's more of a Tampa 2 Mike. I don't know. I love him so much in in, in pass coverage, especially, like, you, you could you could see he how he diagnoses things, and especially in zone. 
Like he seems to find lanes. That game against Miami, I understand they ran for like eight million yards, but watch that game again and how he how he did against the the, the Hurricanes passing game. I don't know. I find a place to give him snaps if he's available somewhere around fifty. One thing that concerns me about Chaz Surratt is that he misses a lot of tackles because he plays a yes. hundred miles an hour. Um, you know, so he he can be a little bit out of control at times. He can over pursue at times. I, I like him. I think he's a really good player. And you know, if he can, he's also a really good blitzer. You watch him against Clemson in 2019. I mean, he was destroying Travis Etienne in pass pro. Um, I think to start with, he's going to be a third down course, you know, core special teamer. But actually, if he can pick up the nuance and continue to develop, you know, he's he's been a quarterback for he's been a linebacker for two years. That's it, you know. And we're talking about him as a possible day two guy. Yeah, if he can pick up the nuance of the position, then you know his ceiling could be could be really high. So those are my two BPAs. I don't really like a lot after that because we're talking about second and third round picks. I do have a few guys on day three that I'm trying to sneak into my board. So what do you have as far as day two guys? Well, I think the most interesting guy, almost the most interesting guy in this entire position is Dylan Moses of Alabama, um, because he could be a real value pick for somebody because of the ACL tear just before the start of the 2019 season. So, he, and he was very slow coming back in 2020 and he struggled to get the pace of the game. He lacked that explosion that we'd seen on tape and the quickness that made him look like a first rounder. But if he if he's back, and, and we've always talked historically about guys are always better the second year back after an ACL. If he's back to the guy that he was, you know, Dylan Moses 2019 has Pro Bowl level talent. You know, if it's the 2020 version, then that's a huge shame. But he's got all the skills that you're looking for uh, in terms of a, a really good NFL linebacker. And then there's a guy, uh, I mean, I don't think... He makes day two. Um, I think he falls into day three. But Charles Snowden of Virginia... I was about to ask you about him. <laughs> ...is a guy that I think the Dolphins will target because he looks like Jason Taylor physically. He's six foot six. He's about 238 pounds. Uh, he, he had a broken ankle in November so that he's not been able to work out. He's not been able to... So that, that will probably precipitate his fall into day three. Um, you know, the question is, does he play end or does he play Sam? the next level or can he play that combination of both in a dolphin system because he's versatile enough the interesting thing with him is that his head coach of virginia is bronco mendenhall or was bronco mendenhall and his defensive coordinators were nick howell and kelly poppinger they all coached all three of them carl van noy at byu and snowden has a similar skill set he ran a 450 in the uh junior pro day at virginia in 2020 um Team captain, I think he's a real. He actually played his playing weight last season was two hundred and forty five pounds. He was he was weighed um, at the senior bowl because he went to the senior bowl. He was two thirty two, but obviously because the ankle injury, he hadn't worked out and he dropped some weight. Um, I think he is a um, absolutely archetypal Dolphins candidate. He's also an incredible kid off the field. He's nicknamed the president because all the work that he does. He was very involved with social activism during the summer. He served as the chair of the Black Student Alliance. He was president of the school's gender sexuality awareness organization. Um, this is a kid that is built for bigger things. But I think he's. I think he could develop into a really, really interesting player. And he's exactly the sort of player I think the Dolphins would be interested in. Uh, but I think he, he can make it into day three, no? I think he's probably a day three guy because of the ankle. I think before the ankle, I, you know, he's he, he's not going to uh, suit everybody, but I think for the teams that he does suit because he's long-limbed and so he stacks and sheds really well and he's explosive, but he's also a quarterback hunter from the second level. So um, I really like him, but I think he falls into day three just because teams haven't seen it. It's hard enough for teams that, you know, this year, but, you know, he's been injured since November, hasn't been able to work out. So... Yeah. Monty Rice is the other as well. Does you know, Monty Rice has played Mike for, for Georgia, probably could kick to Sam. There's a there's a clip of the Georgia Alabama game. Monty Rice is running almost st step for step with Jalen Waddle, 40, 45 yards down the field. Waddle makes the catch, but it's pretty impressive when you see Monty Rice turn and run in single coverage against Jalen Waddle, because you figure he's gonna get absolutely ruined by him. And he doesn't. He's literally stepped for it. And Waddle isn't slowing down. Waddle isn't running away from him. Um, Monty Rice is an interesting player, again, who I think will, you know, because he can potentially play three downs. 
Um, so yeah, there's some there's some interesting names. Some interesting names. Chris, your day two guys. Uh, well, we talked about them a little bit. You, I mean, Baron Browning, of course, is is right in the wheelhouse. Um, you know, and I think that uh, I think that they, you know, probably have taken a shine to him and and paid some extra attention to him. There's the Ohio State connection, which I think is um, is going to be productive for the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I, would, I think he's if if he gets to the right pick, I don't think it's going to be at 36 though. Um, I think that the Dolphins have some priorities, and um, you know, if they get if they go, for example, you know, receiver and then edge player at 18, and then 36, they're gonna be they're gonna have to be using that pick to trade up and get a running back because they are gonna get one of those three running backs. Um, I don't know which one, you know, sometimes I'd put my money on Travis Etienne. Sometimes I'd put my money on Najee Harris. Sometimes, and you know, maybe it's Javante Williams. I don't know, but it's going to be one of those three and they're going to, they're going to have to use the 36th pick as sort of a, a staging ground to, to try and make that move um, and, and get it. And so Baron Browning won't be in the plans there at 36. Um, if they don't, you know, uh, especially if they get Zayvon Collins, for example, at 18. But I, so will he get to 50? That's the question. I don't think he will. Not anymore. Um, you know, I had him there. I had him slotted there for a long time. And and now, now I shouldn't think the, the word is out on him. But could, you know, could Jabril Cox get there to 50? Mm. Very, you know, very popular player. But at the same time, you know, all these other guys are getting popular. Baron Browning's getting popular. Jamin Davis is getting popular. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already talked about uh, Zayvon Collins, Mika, Micah Parsons, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoro. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> that's just, you're, getting, you're, you're starting to get get a lot of players, uh, and and so if Jabril Cox gets lost in the show, um, lost in the the crowd, then uh, you could see that at, at fifty. I could absolutely see that at fifty. Shuffle was um, the word you were looking for. What's that? Shuffle. Was the oh, yeah okay yeah that, that, <laughs> there we go i'm just totally like you know brain fart um yeah so i i, I do think uh that the day two that's what you're looking at probably baron browning jabril cox um i don't know i don't well i mean it, it, i guess it depends on what nick saban is telling them but i don't i don't think i i see them going for dylan moses i think uh it's more as you said suggested charles snowden I think that's a good one. I think that's day three, as you suggest, um, more so than day two, but, uh, but also Derek Barnes and, um, and let's, let's cross over to the edge here and look at, I mean, if we're looking at Charles Snowden, um, you could obviously look at uh, Ellerson Smith, you know, who's an edge player, but has the, um, you know, sort of the agility, the athleticism, to play you know in space uh and speaking of guys that look just like jason taylor right um you know that's that's one guy to keep an eye on uh you know as sort of a, a versatile player that they might uh have playing somewhere between linebacker edge um i think that's a that's a day two guy ellerson smith is so um yeah, those are the, those are the guys to look at on day two, and then then of course you got some some value guys on day three. Yeah, and moving on to day three, um, we mentioned some of them. Like I love Pete Werner and Dylan Moses, but we already talked about him about them. I'll give you one guy, Simon, and you could give me the front page on him, and you could tell me exactly what's wrong with him. But this is a guy that the the Dolphins tend to get onto the roster at least this regime for the last two years, three-time Ohio State captain, Tough Borland. Thoughts on him? Because I think he could be a core special team player for this team for a long time. I don't know. They, they seem to get this type of guy onto the roster every single year. I think they do it. They make it three for three, three years in a row. They get this type of guy. I, I don't think he's draftable, frankly. Really? Not really. I, you know, his leadership and experience are going to count for something, but, you know, he's a, such a liability in coverage. He's got sticky hips. He's not overly athletic. He's not twitchy. He's not explosive. You know, he's a 
He's a zone defender who can diagnose quickly. But like you say, if he's going to make it, he'll have to be on special teams. I just don't see any other way. You're not going to want him on the field. You know, if you get, I mean, look what Devonta Smith did did to him. And it was Steve Sarkeesian essentially schemed Alabama to win the game by targeting tough ball and, and in, in coverage. Um, and, you know, we saw the results. So for me, I wouldn't go near tough ball. And I, I think there's, you know, if you're looking for those kind of special teams players who could, you know, get on the field and, you know, there's Grant Stewart and, uh, and um, Tony Fields at West Virginia, Garrett Wallow at TCU, Riley Cole, even with the injuries at South Alabama, I'd much rather, yeah. Riley Cole's the best stack and shed linebacker in the draft, by the way. He's just had some significant injuries, like major significant injuries that will probably mean that he, he doesn't get drafted. But, you know, if he, I would much rather take a risk on a Riley Cole in round seven than I'd take a, you know, a risk on, you know, tough, is tough ball and ever going to get any better? The answer to that is no. Mm -hmm. Does Patty Fisher get drafted out of Northwestern? Um, I think he probably does late round. Uh, he's, he's a tackling machine, two down, backup, special team potential guy. Um, also a three-time captain. Yeah, three-time captain, you, you know. I don't think, you know, again, I watched him early last year. Um, I don't think he's much more than a reliably pedestrian two-down guy. Um, he's not a great mover. He's not athletically gifted. Um, he's fine. The, the, there's players I, I would take over, uh, over him, and I'll get to them in a sec. But, you know, Paddy Fisher was fine. I mean, you watch... Um, Drew Dolman, who's um, who's one of Chris's crushes, the Stanford Center. You watch Drew Dolman against um, against Paddy Fisher because uh, Dolman takes him apart in their game in 2019. Um, so yeah, I, a smart guy, backup, special team guy, and if he's out of the league in five years, then I wouldn't be shocked. All right, so give us your day three guys. There's just a couple of guys that I, you know, we talked about middle linebacker bangers earlier on. Errol Thompson of Mississippi State. I, I think it's just a throwback, two-down thumper, instinctive, really good tackler, uh, run-lane clogger. He's aggressive taking on blocks. I, I just really like him. I think he makes a roster as a two-down run defender with some really good special teams value. And then Buddy Johnson of Texas A&M, pretty much the same guy. Aggie's leading tackler over the past two seasons. Um, he's, uh, you know, takes on blocks, makes plays between the B gaps, team leader, organizer of the defense, um, 557 special team snaps um, at TAMU. So uh, uh, those are a couple of guys, day three guys I, I quite like. Um, and I mentioned the others, Riley Cole and Stewart and, uh, and those sorts of things, but Thompson and um, Thompson and um, Buddy Johnson are, are guys I like. All right, Chris. When you get down there, um, there's a couple of guys I would just keep an eye on. Uh, I would keep an eye on Justin Hilliard from Ohio State. Um, also played in the Senior Bowl. Like I said, one of those one of those Ohio State linebackers probably going to find their way onto Miami's roster. Um, and uh, and I'm not sure which one it'll, it'll be because they might not be in position to take a Baron Browning anymore. And I'm not sure what how they feel about Pete Werner. Tough Borland's probably not a good fit. Um, so, you know, you could be looking at Justin Hilliard, who, you know, didn't get as much opportunity, but, um, but he did get, get opportunities in the senior bowl and uh, Miami coached him and they, um, and he, I thought he showed really well. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me. KJ Britt's another one. Um, you're going to look at him. He's a, he's a leader. He's a thumper. He's a, you know, a high energy, very aggressive player. Um, and, uh, and I think that, uh you know, in addition to Errol Thompson, as you mentioned, that's that's another one that I was gonna was gonna bring up as a day three. Um, you know, that that's this is this is the crowd that you're kind of building um, for the Dolphins. Uh, you know, in addition to the guys that we've already mentioned, like Derek Barnes could easily go day three, um, as we've talked about. Charles Snowden could easily go day three, um, and Miami would be looking at either one of those players for sure. Um, but yeah, there's uh, I, I would throw Justin Justin Hillier, KJ Britt onto the um, onto the list along with the guys that Simon mentioned. All right, and on the way out, I think that that should cover linebackers. On the way out, we didn't touch on quarterbacks. Our entire draft guide series, so I'll touch on it here. I like one as a UDFA 
if he makes it to UDFA. I don't know about you as a draft pick on him. Jamie Newman of Georgia. Simon, your thoughts on him, and do you have a quarterback you would like to add to the quarterback room? Uh, I like Jay. I don't mind Jamie Newman. He's he's fine. I, I don't think I don't think Miami will certainly not early, certainly not day one, day two. I don't think Dolphins will touch quarterbacks who sat out or players who sat out. I, I just don't think they will. I think there's too many question marks generally about the position. I like Keller Mond, but I think he's wait. He'll he'll go too early. I think he'll go on day two. I think he's an interesting, intriguing, unrefined but talented quarterback he's tough he's got a great arm he's got slightly sporty accuracy at times but he's talented um i quite like a guy that chris turned me on to uh brady davis of illinois state he's kind of a playground sandlot quarterback as you guys would call it uh, transferred from memphis he's got some serious knee issues um but he's got some big time juice on his arm and uh, can make yards with his feet um i like davis um so yeah i mean it's a you know, you go down the field and you're looking at kind of Ian Book and Sam Ellinger, you know, nice kind of college quarterbacks, but, you know, they're not going to make the NFL. I, I quite like Brady Davis. Um, and this kid, Zach Thomas at Appalachian State. Um, Great name. Yeah. Yeah. No K. <laughs> but um, he uh, he's quite an interesting player as well. So um, although he's coming off a pretty, um, he's coming off a pretty brutal hit late in November, but I am. Um, he took Penn State to overtime in his first ever start on the road at App State, so he's got some talent. Um, but yeah, I mean the the quarterback position is is pretty um it's pretty thin this year beyond the beyond the top guys. Chris, you got a guy for the room or no? Well, um, Simon stole my guy. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I did okay. give you the big up before. <laughs> now, uh, you know, it's interesting because you know our guy would have been. A, guy that we talked about we've bounced back and forth for a long time now uh would have been davis mills but the story's mm. out you yeah. know the story's out oh, yeah. and um and now his over under his over under draft position is somewhere around 60 you know yeah. second round so um davis mills not, is really good by the way he could be yeah, really good. very good yeah very good i mean he's he's very athletic he's um he throws a nice ball i mean he's got he's got traits um yeah massive pro traits uh so some people like him almost in you know first round he reminds me of andrew luck he looks like him he moves like him (laughs) he throws like him you know Mm -hmm. he went to stanford but uh, i tell you i think he could be a legitimate nfl big time quarterback yeah I, i i i have more interest in him honestly than you know than than the guy that well certainly than kyle trask oh god but um but you know, maybe even the Mac Jones. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that uh, I would be very interested in Davis Mills. But again, story's out; it's over. Yeah. Um, that for Miami, that you're not going to get any kind of um, bargain on him. I actually, you kind of, you kind of dismissed him, but I'm, I'm not going to. Um, and that's Sam mm-hmm. Ellinger. Um, okay. And it's not, it's not because I love him. It's, it's, but we do have his coach here. <laughs> um, Miami, Miami hired his coach. And, um, and this is a guy that, you know, he's, he's not a strong candidate to be drafted high with any kind of pick. And we know that from, from Miami's history, when they get into a certain area of the draft, almost, almost when you get beyond that third round, because there's such a big hole in Miami's draft between that third round and, um, and their next pick, which is, I believe at 157. Um, you know, they go from, uh, how many picks is that? 82 to, to 157. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big, that's old a drop, big hole. And by the time they get down there, unless they trade up or something, we've seen them just throw these picks away practically. Like they don't, they don't care. Like they, it's just at this point, you're, you're drafting UDFAs that, um, that you might not want to compete with somebody about. So, um, so I think that uh, you could see one of those throwaway picks on on a Sam Ellinger, um, you know, based on connections and and who um, and who coached him. You could also see, um, God, you're, you might have to remind me his name. Uh, he's uh, speaking of coaches, um, our guys that that coached him, the Central Michigan kid, uh, David. Um, is it David White? I, I forget. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now, but. Central David Michigan. Moore, sorry, David, David Moore. Moore. Um, 
David Moore. He's a he's a he's a talented guy. Central Michigan liked him a lot. Obviously, we have uh, Central Michigan's um, coach Charlie Fry, or Central Central Michigan's offensive coordinator Charlie Fry. Um, he had an unfortunate thing. Uh, he got he really got railroaded by the um, by the NCAA. But um, you know, as far as the timing of his uh, of his appeal um, on suspension and and just not being able to play, when they when he went out, they had to change the entire offense. Um, at Central Michigan uh, to a to a uh, wildcat essentially offense, um, they had big plans for him, uh, and I, I think he's. Uh, I've looked at him play. He's a talented kid. He's a talented player. Um, so you could see something. I I I look for the connection guys. You know, when when we're talking about these late round quarterbacks or late round or no round, you know, quarterbacks, and uh, I, I think number one, number two on those would be Sam Ellinger and uh, David Moore. Now, that said, Simon already mentioned him, Brady Davis. I think that is potentially a big, a bigger talent that you could get. Um, he has real talent in that, in that arm. I mean, he makes throws that you look at the top of the draft and it's like I, some of these guys, I don't see them making that throw. Um, you know, and, and so I think, that, I think that that's one to keep an eye on, but we have no reason to believe that Miami is on to him. So, um, you know more's the pity yeah and on the way out uh chris two years ago we were talking about this guy and we had him i guess on watch lists and i guess you know our watch list you know we we kind of deleted his name but remember mm-hmm. peyton ramsey remember when we talked about him he's available now yeah. what happened yeah he's he's there i mean, I mean he's just, just not very good is he um he just shows up against like good teams well you know relatively good teams like let's say top 25 top 30 teams and puts up decent mm-hmm. numbers against them he, he shows yep. up in games yeah, yeah. I, I just wasn't – I'm just, I'm waiting for the talent to pop out at you, and it's just – it's not happening. KJ Costello is another one, mm-hmm. Where the where are they now file. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, and that's – Ian Book is, in, is sort of in the where are they now file as far as, you know, the love that he's getting or not getting in this uh, in this draft. Um, you know, he's, he's probably going to go undrafted too. All right. And that will conclude our draft guide. Uh, it's been, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight shows, almost seven hours worth. Maybe I'll put it together and release that all next week. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc